We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Warren lets it fly. Yes. T.J. Warren is not human. Ranger catches, shoots for three to win it. He hits it. To go. Brogdon for three. Let's Got go. it. O'Neal drives on Yao, puts it in. Duarte for three. Boom, baby. Anthony attacks Hibbert. Denies him at the rim. Karis LeVert. People don't realize how good he really is. LeVert. Skies high for the jam. Stevenson passes into Sabonis for the basket. Jackson turns, fires, Smoke. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and hands, hands, hands. This is TJ McConnell, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. We are recording this before the Pacers-Knicks game tonight at 7.30 in Madison Square Garden for a born-ready reunion with the state that he grew up in. But we're going to do something a little bit different today, Fachi. Welcome to the show, man. Tell everybody what we're going to be doing today. All right. You know how we love getting you guys involved. So we had uh, a few of our listeners send in some voicemails regarding some potential trades that the Pacers could or should make. So for everybody that sent voicemails in, we appreciate it. We love hearing from you. For everybody who's listening to this right now, we encourage you moving forward to send in questions from Mailbag, send in voicemails for this segment because we can very well do it again. Yeah, and, and definitely, guys, if you're afraid about calling in, the cool thing is, is look, the, the voicemails just come straight to my email. If you happen to mess up, call back in, leave another voicemail. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll make sure that I put the right one on there and, and just let us know anything you want. We you know we do this for sometimes reactions to games, but right now uh, there's not really too much reaction to those. So uh, we're just going to use this as a tool for you guys to share some trade ideas and that kind of stuff as we're approaching that trade deadline on February 10th, you know, Fachi, it's only about, what is it, 37 days away, 37 days away. So uh, we are rapidly approaching and usually stuff happens before the deadline too. So 
we will see what happens. But you ready to get into our first voicemail? Oh, yeah. All right. This one comes from Peck from the Digest. He's got two for us. So we'll listen to trade one, break that down, and then we will break down trade number two. Hey, guys. This is uh, Peck from the Digest again. Uh, calling with a couple of trade ideas for you, one of which is uh, somewhat realistic, uh, knowing how Herb's not going to make massive trades. This is just kind of a small shuffle-the-board thing, but it might be helpful in the end. We'll, I'll let you guys, you guys decide that. And then the second one's kind of a bigger thing that you know, it's kind of a dream. But the first one is uh, we trade Jeremy Lamb to the Orlando Magic for Terrence Ross. Uh, I ran it through the NBA trade machine. It, it does work uh, salary-wise, at least according to them. Uh, the reason I think they might be willing to do that is that they're in a complete rebuild mode. Uh, Terrence Ross does not fit any kind of uh, timeline for them. So Jeremy Lamb would be just basically an expiring contract that at the end of the year they can either buy him out or just you know let him ride out the year and be done with it. And then they're off that salary. Ross has two years left on his deal. The reason we might do it is, oh, you know, Terrence sometimes can get hot. God knows he's uh, cooked us a few times. Uh, you know, more more shooting off the bench with a little more reliability than what Jeremy Lamb, in my opinion, anyway. All right, so that first trade there from Peck. Pretty basic one, Fachi. Jeremy Lamb to the Orlando Magic for Terrence Ross. Thoughts on this trade? Well, first, Alex, there's no way you're getting out of this without admitting that you had a man crush on Terrence Ross for a few years. I know you don't have it anymore, but I remember those days. I did, but then Dr. Fauci came and healed me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm yeah. over the Terrence Ross fan love, but uh, the fanfare that I had for him. I'm kind of all over the uh, all done with all former Orlando Magic players at this point. But uh, Terrence Ross for Jeremy Lamb, I, I don't know, Fauci. This was like pretty fair value to me in terms of what the Pacers would want, but I still don't know if Orlando does this. Here's the thing. First, I thought, all right, you know what? Very fair value over there. Would Orlando do this? Then I looked at it. Terrence Ross still has one more year left on his contract. Yeah. So he's owed $11.5 million after this. So that's why I think they would do it to take Jeremy Lamb, who's expiring this year. However, if you're the Pacers, I don't know if you want that $11.5 million on the books. Terrence Ross, while a couple of years ago I was interested his percentages across the board have slipped. His three-point percentage has gone down each of the last few years, as well as the scoring. Um, and I just feel like, man, if you're the Pacers, you might want to rather have that money to potentially re-sign TJ Warren or maybe just, just have the money in general because a guy like Chris Duarte, you want to slide into the starting role. You still have Karis LeVert over there at, at the two guards. So I just feel like this is a trade that would be better if the Pacers were actively trying to win and maybe like a six man away from, from going there. So at this point I'm going to pass. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me anyway, to trade a guy that's on a bad team in Jeremy Lamb from the Pacers to a guy that's on a worse team and Terrence Ross. Like, well, I mean, if there'd be one thing, like you said, if we were actually in the hunt, right. But we're the 13th seed. They're like the 14th seeds. It's like, yep. it's like, Oh, let's swap our bad players for our bad teams. And let's see if it really makes a difference. Um, the only benefit from this, I think Terrence Ross has more trade value across the league than Jeremy Lamb. So if you're able to get Terrence Rock, Terrence Ross on that expiring deal, you package that with Brogdon. Now you're looking at about $32 million, uh, that's enough to get Ben Simmons flashy. <laughs> Just saying, that's a, yeah. a route to go if you're looking at that. Maybe um, I think Terrence Ross actually wouldn't be a bad bench player for Philadelphia, but obviously you'd have to give way more than that to do it. But I think that's 
you know, a much better starting point in a conversation than be like, hey, we'll give you Levert and uh, we'll give you Levert and Jeremy Lamb, right? So I, I think this is a, a better starting point for the Pacers, but ultimately I think this is a meh deal. I don't think it really moves the needle for either team. I agree. I'm out. All right, so let's move over to his second trade. Uh, this one is centered around the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the second one is a little more of a fantasy that, you know, I, I doubt we would do or I doubt we can convince them to do, but Miles Turner and Karis LeVert to the Sacramento Kings for uh, De'Aaron Fox and uh, Marvin Bagley. Uh, that, like I said, I don't know that you could get them to move De'Aaron Fox for that lineup. I don't know that I, I might be willing to give them a future top 10 protected pick, but I mean, it's, it had to be like 2025 to 26. I'd, we need our draft picks over the next few years. Uh, the reason I think, you know, they might do it, Karras kind of fits a need for them. They don't have that big wing kind of guy that can uh, drop his own points. And obviously, Miles would be a better starting center for them uh, than, but uh, for Sean Holmes, actually, I'd probably start him over to Miles, but most people wouldn't. Uh, either way, and, and for us, obviously, you know, De'Aaron Fox is a, a good player who I think, uh, you know, could fit our backcourt, help with the scoring. And frankly, you know, Bagley to me just seems kind of like that, you know, you trade for a player who just probably just needs a new place. I don't know that he'd be good here, but there's always that potential of coming to some place with a fresh start. He might turn into something. Either way, hey, love the podcast. Thank you guys do a great job. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks. Okay, Fachi. So this is a pretty big one here. Miles Turner, Karis Levert, going to Sacramento for your boy Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox. I, I, we might want to swap my, swap my boy for De'Aaron Fox because I'm in on Fox. Now he mentioned adding a protected 2025 pick. Uh, I believe that he probably means the Pacers would have to add. Yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah. Okay, so just want to confirm that because if we were getting a pick, that sweetens the deal. Now, honestly, I'm a major believer in De'Aaron Fox. I honestly don't think that we can acquire a better point guard than Fox via the draft, free agency, or trade. So, Wow, that's I, pretty hot, Fox. It, it is pretty hot. It is. But I also don't think we've had a point guard like De'Aaron Fox of his capabilities. So – I would pull trigger on on this deal, but I'm not sure that they do a deal with us that does not involve Sabonis. Like, I do think Sabonis has to be included in any sort of deal here. Um, I mean, Turner, Levert, and, and a pick, I think, could definitely be very appealing, but that might need De'Aaron Fox to say that he wants out of there because Fox is under contract for four more years after this while Turner and Levert expire after next year. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a little bit of a blow up here from De'Aaron Fox and Sacramento's front office for them to even consider this trade, in my opinion. Uh, you're definitely going to have to add that 2025 protected top 10 pick to get Sacramento even to nibble on this trade offer because, quite frankly, Marvin Bagley is not somebody they're too invested in, even though he is the second overall pick from just a couple of years ago. He's not a guy that they're super attached at the hip at, right? That's why he's off the bench right now. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, he's just not as been as good as some of their starters. But with that being said, I love De'Aaron Fox. He's been a guy that we've been talking about for the last couple of years and a guy that we both were really excited to try to get on this team. But I just don't know if you add Karis LeVert and Miles Turner, if that's the perfect fit. Because, look, say what you want about Rashawn Holmes. You know, there's a, a lot of people are like, who is that guy? Or don't give him the respect that he deserves. But 
Uh, he's a really good ball player, in my opinion. And I think, you know, he's probably not much worse than Miles Turner. Uh, they're probably very close personally to me in terms of overall level of play. So uh, I don't really know how much this moves the needle for Sacramento, but if you're the Pacers and you can get this done, then go for it. But just feel like it's a little bit too much. Uh, the Pacers are getting in return for what they're giving up. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I don't know if this deal would materialize or not. I, I really don't think so. I think, like you mentioned, Fox needs to say that he wants out of there in order for them to really, you know, pull trigger on any type of deal. Yeah, well, let's move on to our next one here. And we're going to go back to uh, to another Sacramento Kings trade idea, but this one comes from Alex. Hey, this is Alex Armbruster. I'm a longtime listener. I love the podcast. Uh, my trade idea that I have come up with it would be the Pacers would get uh, De'Aaron Fox and the Kings would get Miles Turner and Jeremy Lamb. And you can actually do it with either Turner or Sabonis. Um, either way, the trade works. So I'd say whichever big gets you maybe even more in return than just De'Aaron Fox. But that is the trade that I have come up with. Let me know what you think. Well, Fachi, whatever uh, whatever our man Peck just gave us here in the previous trade, Alex comes in with an even lower starting offer. Jeremy Lamb, Miles Turner for De'Aaron Fox. How fast does Sacramento hang the phone up? I want to be honest. The biggest challenge would be keeping Sacramento on the phone. I don't know if we can keep them on the phone longer than a minute. I, I think they're hanging up ASAP. I mean, we're talking about getting De'Aaron Fox for Lamb and Turner. Um, I, I would be confident they would think this is a prank phone call. No offense. But any deal for Fox, I think it has to include Sabonis. And, you know, Sabonis or definitely a first-round pick being included with Turner and probably more than, than Lamb. Lamb's value right now, it, it's it's non-existent. we got to call it what it is. Yeah. So, well, I want to give Alex credit here because he did say he'd be willing to swap uh, Sabonis for Turner yeah. in this deal because basically what his whole thought process was is, Move one of the bigs plus Lamb to fill the salary to get De'Aaron Fox, which I get that thought process, um, but I just think across the league that you're going to have much more value uh, in terms of Sabonis over Turner at this point, what their trade value is and what you're going to get back. So definitely I think for starters you have to swap out Sabonis uh, or swap out Turner and put in Sabonis into this trade with Jeremy Lamb, and then you're probably looking at some type of like a top five protected pick going to the Kings. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Sacramento definitely wants a pick there. I mean, I, I really do think that they would be interested in Sabonis, but Sabonis and Lamb, unfortunately, is not enough to get it done. I know there's probably going to be some people that are like, but Sabonis is a two-time All-Star and Fox never made All-Star games. Like, I get it. I get it. But if, if Fox was in the East, you know, like a year or two ago, he might have made one. And, you know, he, he looks – he's still – he's a point guard. He's a franchise point guard. I mean – he signed for four years. Like, it, he's a very appealing player that, you know, just Sabonis and Lamb, unfortunately, is not going to get it done. You need a first in there. <laughs> top five, top ten protected. It's got to be in there. Totally agree, Fachi. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will get to our next set of trade ideas from our great fans. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back, and we're going to start things off with good friend of the show, Chris Weech. He has two trades for us, so let's look at that first trade here. Fachi, one centered around Justin Holiday going to the Clippers. What's going on, boys? Uh, awesome to be on setting the pace. This is Chris Weech. I got a couple of trade ideas for you guys. Uh, I'm going to approach it, I guess, a little bit different than uh, most Pacer fans. I'm thinking about it from if the guys are going to make a trade, it's definitely going to be a cap saving move, uh, something along the edges. And I came up with two. So the first one is the Pacers are going to be making a trade with the L.A. Clippers. The Pacers are going to be sending Justin Holiday and Karis LeVert. They're going to be getting back Eric Bledsoe, Terrence Mann, Keon Johnson, and a 2022 second-round pick. The reason I like this deal is Eric Bledsoe's contract, which I know everybody's going to look, and it's $18 million a year, and it's $19 million next year. How gross is that? It's only $3.9 guaranteed for next year. If you cut that, you get two nice young players and Terrence Mann and Keon Johnson – Honestly, even if it's only for one of those guys, for the Pacers, that might not be a bad move just to get another young guy in the building on a nice cost-controlled contract. Okay, Fachi. So for this trade here, Chris said Justin Holiday and Karis LeVert to the Clippers for Terrence Mann, Eric Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, and a 2022 second-round pick. What are your thoughts on this deal? This was a very interesting trade over here. Now, look, the first thing that jumps out is obviously – you know, Lavert has the biggest name here, and Justin Holiday has, has been very serviceable for the Pacers. But I really believe in Terrence Mann. I really think that Terrence Mann is a good young player. He's very efficient. I mean, he's a career 50% shooter from the field, career 40% shooter from three. Keon Johnson, I mean, Alex, we went through a ton of draft coverage. There was a lot of buzz around Keon Johnson at one point. Like, it looked like he was going to be a lock for being, you know, a lottery pick. Um, then you look at Bledsoe, like at this point, he's not, not really appealing at all. The 2022 second round pick. So to break it all down, I think that Terrence Mann would be a really nice player to have on your team. I think Keon Johnson has a ton of potential. Um, that 2022 second round pick is a bonus. And then it comes down to Eric Bledsoe. First thought, ew. Second thought, only 3.9 million out of his 19.3 is guaranteed for next year. Yeah, that's so, what that's what Chris brought up in the voicemail. So that's it's uh, huge. That's a big deal there, Foch, because we're saving salary quite a bit here in this exactly movie. big um, time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you wonder. You know, you can never have too many wings on your roster, right? You're gonna lose Holiday and Levert here, so you're getting back three wings for two. You're gonna lose Jeremy Lamb in the offseason if you don't trade him. So there you go. You're getting your three back. Um, you know, and then you can lose Eric Bledsoe in the offseason as well if you don't want to keep him around, or you can maybe come to a different deal. I mean, obviously, everybody overplays the idea of Bledsoe and Brogdon together, but I think at this point, Bledsoe would be a backup, and I don't think that's yeah. the worst thing right now no. for this Pacers roster. Actually, this to me was a pretty fair trade, and I could see why 
the Clippers would do it because I think Justin Holiday is incredibly underrated. Only problem is he's not vaccinated. So going to Los Angeles and California, he can't play in home games unless he is. So would that be a deal breaker? It's possible. Um, but Karis LeVert here playing here with Paul George uh, could be a lot of fun for them just to get another ball handler next to him. And then they could have a great time talking bad about the Pacers out there in California. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's something we could all look forward to hearing about. Yeah, I mean, hey, all, all great points over there. Uh, Justin Holiday, I, I think, is a player that eventually is going to be traded to more of a contender. I know that the Clippers without Kawhi this year are not really a contender, but Holiday will still be under contract while, you know, when Kawhi comes back. Yeah. This is a trade here that I really do think I would sign off on because Terrence Mann is, is someone that can help you right away. Still young, cheap contract. Keon Johnson, cheap contract. You wave blood so afterwards, you save all that money. All of a sudden, Pacers have money to play with. Now, the flip side is who's coming? What are, where are we even going to be able to spend that money? But I, I really do believe in Terrence Mann. It gives you some young players to build around with and we didn't even trade the bigs yet. So it's interesting. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, let's move on to Chris's second trade here. And in this trade, he's got a big seven-person trade involving the Pacers, of course, and the Portland Trailblazers and no CJ McCollum involved. Let's listen to this. And then the other trade I have is a little bigger. It's a little bit gross. Just stick with me. Uh, the Pacers are going to be making a trade with the Trailblazers. And this trade is going to consist of Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and Miles Turner going to the Trailblazers. And the Pacers are going to begin back Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Anthony Simons, and Nasir Little. Now, the reason you're making this deal is not for the two names, the first two names mentioned, Covington and Nurkic. They're both on expiring contracts. The reason you make this deal is it's, you're able to get off that money. You're getting off $24 million, which you know actually almost 13, uh, you know the Pacers will love that. Uh, but you're getting, again, two young players, Anthony Simons and Nasir Little. Uh, they've looked pretty good this year. They both need bigger opportunities. Pacers need wing help and ball handlers, and I think both of those guys could be a nice help. So curious to think what you guys think of these trades. Keep up the awesome work. I love the pod. You guys are the go-to Pacers podcast. And, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Okay, Fachi. So first thing on this trade, I'll, I'll go ahead and break it down in case the listeners didn't hear the audio clearly. Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holliday, and Miles Turner out the door for Robert Covington, Nurkic, Anthony Simons, and Nasir Little. Man, don't think this is a trade that gets done on Portland's side, but boy, would I love it. Exactly. My initial instinct was like, what are we really going to do with Robert Covington and Nurkic? You know, like over there, and then you realize they're both expiring mm -hmm. after this year. So the Pacers don't need to bring them back. And, you know, Covington probably signs with a contender if it's that spot for a lot of teams. But then I look at it. I, I, I've told you, I've, I've fallen in love with Anthony Simons. I really have. I think this kid has endless potential. And I was saying this before he just dropped 43 the other night. 43, Burger. Yep, exactly. And Nazir Little, I, I think, is, is coming around. Mm -hmm. Nazir, I think, is someone that would be nice to also have in the Pacers. But Anthony Simons is that player that I feel like if he goes to another team and takes on a bigger role, everyone's going to be like, oh, wow. Like, no, he is really good because he's been, like, living in the shadows of, of Dame and CJ for a bit. He was really young, coming out of IMG, um, and just kind of being on the bench and slowly getting better and better. So you look at it. Cheap deals for, for Simons, and he'll need a new contract. And as you're little, 
But then we're also saving the money on Miles Turner. We're saving some money on Holiday. Lamb's expiring. Covington and Nurkic, you know, they, they walk. But having Simons on the team, I think, would be a player that fans can get very excited about moving forward. I could see Kevin Pritchard talking himself into Robert Covington and, and, and giving him an extension because the, the, the uh, you know, kind of similar to Miles Turner, but like who you think he can be versus who he is in reality. You know, you can talk yourself on who they could become. Like there's a possibility Turner goes to Portland and becomes like this, you know, 18 and 10 guy. I just, I just don't necessarily think it's going to happen. But at the same time, if you're, if you're Portland, and you're going to give up on Amphrey Simons, a guy that's how old, 22 years old right now, mm-hmm. 23, something like that, yep. and you're going to hang on to C.J. McCollum. I think at this point uh, you're starting to see how impactful Amphrey Simons can be, and I think he could be a better fit next to Dame in a couple of years Absolutely. over C.J. McCollum. So if I'm the Blazers, I'm looking to get off McCollum while I can still do it. Nothing against him. I think he's a fantastic player, and he was – Really fun to watch when he was healthy and in his, you know, at his best. But you know, still a good basketball player. But if you're really trying to break things up in in Portland, I don't think Simons is the guy that I'd be really wanting to get rid of, especially if the best piece I'm getting back is a Miles Turner trade. So um, this is an intriguing one. I think that it's worth a conversation. But ultimately, for me, I think that Portland would say no because of the value and the future. Uh, you know, the future numbers that could become from Anthony Simons would just be too much. Also, yeah, one, Simons is definitely a player that if you are going to go the route of trading Lillard eventually, if if it gets to that point, Simons is definitely a guy you want on that Portland team. So I also think this is a situation where they would probably want a first-round pick there um, because, you know, who knows the direction that they're going in. But the tipping scale for me was that Turner's last year under his contract is next year. After that – he's not going to look to take a Brogdon-like deal where he's taking the same amount of money. He's going to be looking for a pay raise. Does that trickle up to that potential $90 million mark? I mean, I, I don't know. It, it could. So in this in this situation when you're slashing salary and you're getting young players over there, it's really appealing. Yeah, it is. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to our next trade idea. Uh, not really a specific trade, but uh, this unnamed caller did call in and gave their thoughts on who they would like the Pacers to trade and why. So let's listen to what they have to say. Let's trade Miles Turner for a first-round pick and whatever else the market will yield. Goga can give us a large percentage of what Miles currently provides, and this trade can save money. All right, Fox. So this this man might be a might be a fake you calling in saying give yeah, Goga right. more minutes. I know. Yeah. So he said give Goga Miles minutes. He can do similar things to Miles at a cheaper deal. Get Miles out of here for a first-round pick and save money. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's obvious this man is fed up with Miles Turner. Um, <laughs> you know that 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 came clue loud, you know, loud and clear came through. Um, look, we can't trade Turner for just a first-round pick. We we have to take back roughly eighteen million dollars in salary to facilitate any trade. And then we're talking about what type of first-round pick because I'm not looking to deal Miles for like the 25th overall pick or anything like if I'm dealing miles Turner, it's got to be a lottery pick. And you ideally you would hope that it's, you know, closer to that top 10, but I don't think that's going to happen. So you're looking at, you're looking at like a lottery pick and like a young player, or at least like, you know, definitely a top 20 pick and a young player. Can you get something like that? Because like I mentioned the 25th overall pick and some like, Throw in player is is not worth making a deal just to make a deal. 
Yeah, I think if you're wanting to get Goga more minutes and you think Miles Turner is the person to trade, that makes sense. I think that if you're looking to, you know, get off Miles contract, Miles con Miles contract. If I can't talk, if you're wanting to get off that, wiki wiki wiki, right there, it's like a record scratch. But uh, anyway, <laughs> trying to get off that contract, I think the best thing to do is try to find a player that doesn't play the same position as Miles to open up those minutes for Goga Batadze. Uh, you're probably not going to be getting the benefit of the doubt in terms of getting a player that uh, makes equal to or you know less value in terms of money wise than miles so that's a bit of a problem there i just i don't really know off the top of my head what team could make a perfect deal for them but like you know like the first thing that popped in my head was like oh what if we traded him to like okc for Derek favors well then again Derek favors is going to take minutes from gogo batadze and although okc has a ton of cap space and they could probably flip miles and get a lot of stuff back for it uh it wouldn't really make the most sense for the pacers so that's kind of where i'm at right now but uh I get the idea of giving, giving Goga more minutes, but I just – I think more importantly, I'm just ready to split the double bigs up and, and make a decision and move forward. So am I. I really am. It's it just – it's never-ending. Um, at some point, you know, we got to get there. I think we're getting closer. Yeah, so we've got two more trades. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll get to those. And on this side of the trades, you're going to hear our first uh, major Demontis Sabonis move that has him going to another – Eastern Conference foe. So we'll get right back to that after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we are back. We're going to jump right into this DeMontis Sabonis trade idea from a man, Tony Frock. Hi, this is Tony from uh, Twitter. I saw a uh, proposed trade between the Pacers and the Wizards. The Pacers would send DeMontis Sabonis to Washington for Raul Akamichia, I think how you pronounce it, uh, a number one draft pick, Thomas Bryant, and Arvida. What is your idea, thoughts about that offer? Thanks. All right, Fachi. So let's help out Tony here a little bit. This trade was actually Sabonis to Washington for Rui Hachimura. Uh, that's a very difficult name to say if you're not used to saying names, so I get that, Tony. And then Denny Avdia was the other name, along with Thomas Bryant and a number one draft pick. So pretty good package there for Sabonis. It was a trade idea that I think he saw somewhere and uh, messaged me about it. And then he actually called in and wanted me to talk about it on the pod. So what are your thoughts on that, Fudge? This is a very intriguing deal. Look, I love Sabonis just as much, maybe even more than the next guy. But this is kind of hard to pass up because you have to break up the bigs. You absolutely have to. But here's the thing. If Rui is through his personal reasons, whatever it is that's kept him out this year, I've told you, I've talked about it. He's a very promising player that can slide right in at the four, right away. I, I, I think that Rui, because he has not played this year, is really off a lot of people's radars. But I mentioned it, he killed us last year. Denny has been amazing defensively. I think he's, he's going to continue to grow offensively. Both guys were talking about top 10 picks right over there, or for sure lotto picks. I believe both top 10. Um, but Thomas Bryant, 
another guy that was looking good before his ACL tear. So, you know, also went to IU. So I'm sure. Salary filler. <laughs> exactly. At this point, it's like, we don't need another big, but you know, I, I get it. Um, and then, you know, look, that first round pick that could be appealing Washington. I still don't really believe what they're doing. I, I think that that pick could end up being like, I don't know, 15th overall, maybe something like that. Um, we'll see how, how the season plays out, but it's very appealing because look, Sabonis is obviously the best player in this deal. But this, if you make this move, you're still looking at having Brogdon, Lavert, Warren, Turner, Duarte, and then you have Rui, Denny. I mean, there, there's, there's Isaiah Jackson. There's some good players on this team. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me is like I feel like this team needs to be more consolidated than it does need to be adding yeah. pieces to it. So a three for one with a pick, like I get it. Like it's uh it makes sense. And like you said, I like Rui Hachimura and I like Denny Avdia. And I think this is a deal that maybe you could see the Pacers make just because like you're talking about two guys, like Thomas Bryant's not a throw in. Like I know I said salary filler, but that's what he is for the deal. But the Pacers wouldn't view him as that. They'd view, view him as a really talented backup power backup power forward slash center. And, uh, you know, you're probably going to start Miles in this case if he's still on the roster. And then Ruby Hachimura is a guy, like you said, uh, been going through some stuff right now. But when he's played, like he showed promise, especially against the Pacers. And Denny Avdia is another guy that has really stepped up his game. So you're talking about two international players, right, that – to me, it doesn't really seem to impact international players as much as it does American players where they play in terms of market size. So that could be something that's a little bit more of a selling point if you're looking at this kind of deal. Um, but yeah, I, I think about it from Washington's side, like getting Sabonis in that starting lineup next to KCP and Bradley Beal and, and Spencer Dinwiddie and um, uh, Kuzma and that kind of group, like they'd be really fun to watch. I think that'd be a really good team. So would you be making the Pacers better by doing this deal? Probably not. They'd be taking another step back, yeah, uh, especially in terms of overall talent, just because nobody that the Pacers are getting back really does what Sabonis does. I think ultimately it would have to determine where that pick came from, from Washington to, to really sell you on the deal because, um, you know, you don't want to be getting a pick that's going to be like, what, 15 to 20 range. Like that's not an ideal. You'd rather it be like a top 10 type of thing. But overall, for me, like, this is a good structure to a trade. Obviously, I think this is too much if you have Turner in there instead of Sabonis. Um, but I just don't know if the Pacers would do this deal because they're trying to win, even though fans probably want the opposite. The Pacers are still trying to win games, and this, to me, does not seem like a, a move that screams, yeah, we're about to go win some games. But maybe just keeping Sabonis. Absolutely. Look, if the goal is to win and get better and all that, this is obviously not the move. If the goal is to say, hey, look, we have to trade one of these bigs, get a little bit cheaper over here, then Ruby and Denny are going to be playing for you know very cheap salaries. Getting that extra pick is appealing. And then, like I mentioned, you still have, you know, you still have a, a solid team around you. So it's a good, it's a good balance, but by no means would someone say this move made the Pacers better. Yeah, and I think I should reiterate what I said because I was kind of being facetious there when I said. You know, the ultimate goal is to win, but, you know, if you, if you, you know, we haven't been winning games at the current core. So, like, you know, trading Sabonis isn't like, well, you know, the biggest thing to, you know, worry about winning moving forward. But I think it is a little bit just because I feel like projection wise, like he's only going to get better, in my opinion. I mean, he's still, what, 25 years old and he's improved his game every single season. Yep. 
in my opinion. I mean, the numbers have just gotten better this year in terms of his shooting percentage. And our, our buddy Mark Schindler put out a great little clip, uh, thread of clips yesterday on Twitter highlighting how Sabonis' shot has looked different over the last couple of weeks. And we got a question about that on the podcast, Fachi, asking if Sabonis' three-point shooting had yep. improved. And Mark did a great job on this thread here talking about uh, or showing different examples of how Sabonis is landing a little bit differently and how it looks like a more uh, free flow type of land for him. So that's something to keep an eye on and monitor because like, you know, we can say Sabonis is, uh, you know, a pad in his stats on a bad team, whatever you want to call it. But even when this team was the fourth in the Eastern Conference, he was putting up similar stats. So I just think that it's more of a product of the talent around him. But overall, uh, this is a really good trade structure, trade idea, like the mindset of it. But we got one more trade before we take our last break and get to our fan of the week. So let's get to Big Lynn with his trade um, and involving the Pacers and the Charlotte Hornets. Good evening, guys. It is Big Lynn here. I have a trade suggestion. I'm just going to throw this out here. Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward. All right. So for our last right here, Fachi, Big Lynn from Turner's block coming in off the top rope. He said, get Miles Turner out of here. Bring back the hometown hero, Gordon Hayward. Fachi, thoughts on this deal? First off, I want to say Glenn spotted you on TV the other day. So, Shout hey, out. there you and go, Glenn. He, he, and Glenn, even Babe recognized. She said, oh, I know him. I've seen him before. And I was like, <laughs> hey, loyal supporter of the show. So shout out to Glenn. Um, interesting trade over here. Now, the Pacers would have to throw in a little bit more to make the salary work. So you probably are looking at, you know, Miles Turner and Jeremy Lamb uh, heading back to Charlotte for Gordon Hayward. Now, look, Hayward fans are split on. There are some that are like, this man wants to be in Indiana born and raised, bring him back home. Then there's the other that's like, what? His defense stinks. He'll never be like, you know, never be defensively like Turner. No, you're not going to get the same defense back. But I do think that it's time to split up the bigs. It really is. Look, Hayward's already a year and a half into that four-year deal. So it's not, it doesn't look as crazy as it did when it said 120 million. So at this point with the Pacers needing change, if you did make this move, you stay competitive. So uh, yeah. I think right there, I, I think I'm on board. Yeah, so here's a couple of things, too, to consider. Gordon Hayward has a 15% trade kicker that will kick in unless he waives it. I think Indiana is probably – would waive it for Indiana. Yeah, I would say Indiana is probably one of the only states or teams he would do that for because of his desire to be here. Now, with that being said, I always look at the other team. Would Charlotte do this? I think Charlotte would be intrigued by getting Miles Turner because they're saving quite a bit of money off of Hayward's contract and they're getting younger and fitting a little bit more of their core. But I think Gordon Hayward is someone that they will miss yeah, if they I do agree. move on from him, because, you know, you talked about it. There's people that don't like Gordon Hayward because they think he can't play defense and that, but I think the biggest reason I've heard is he's injury prone, right? Uh, which is, <laughs> you know, something the Pacers have a problem with going after guys that are injury prone. And so that was the big knock that I saw whenever that trade was first about to go down with Boston. So, you know me, I'm I'm a big Gordon Hayward guy, and I was a big fan of that trade because I know what Gordon Hayward can bring to the table. I understand why it's not like the most, you know, enticing thing to look at if you're trying to make a, a big drastic move. But I think overall, like you said, this team still wants to win. Ownership still wants to win. Front office wants to win, and the coaching staff wants to win. So you're not going to be making lateral moves where you're going backwards, in, in terms of who you're trying to acquire, you're trying to acquire players that can help you win now. 
And Gordon Hayward is that type of player. And I think he would actually make a ton of sense on this team. Don't think he's actually a bad defender. I think he's a much better on-ball defender than people give him credit for and would be the best Pacers uh, player to guard bigger wings uh, on this roster because he's actually done a pretty good job of that if you go over his career and watch. Now, uh, you're not getting rim protection like Miles Turner for sure. But um, on-ball defense, I think Gordon Hayward is incredibly underrated in that category. But um, (laughs) I I think the Pacers would really consider this. But I know that the Pacers would love to get their hands on P.J. Washington as well uh, from stuff that I've heard behind the scenes. So uh, it just just doesn't make sense, though, to me why Charlotte would completely buy into this trade, especially where they're at now trying to compete for the playoffs – because, you know, t- losing Hayward, you're losing a lot of offensive connectivity. You are, but Miles Bridges is scheduled for free agency. They could not come to a deal before. He has been a player that has really taken his game to the next level. And I do think that he's the future in Charlotte. And if they want to save some money and throw it towards Miles Bridges, this is definitely a way to get that deal done. This seems like more of an off-season trade than an in-season trade, Fudge. It's very possible. Very possible. Yeah, it very well could be. But all right, so that wraps up our fan trades of the week. So thank you all so much for sending those in, Fachi. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will hear from our fan of the week. All right, Pacer fans, joining us now for our Setting the Pace fan of the week. It's the one and only, no last name, but we're going with just the first name today, the one and only Jack. Jack, how you doing, man? Doing good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, Fachi, you got a first question here for Jack? Yeah, we, we always like to start it out. Jack, tell us about what made you a Pacer fan. What was one of your earliest moments um, that, that made you say, hey, I think this is the team I'm sticking with? So, I think it dates all the way back to back when they were in the finals against the Lakers. I was pretty young, and we had a block party at our uh, – at our old house where everyone was outside and we were just watching the game. I don't even remember how, how it went, but I remember I just, I was having a blast. Um, and then Boomer came to my birthday the next year. Oh, wow. so that was it. It was, you were hooked. Yeah. Well, I did cry once he got there cause I was kind of scared, but then after the initial like shock, it was pretty awesome. So we almost lost you there. So uh, <laughs> that was a close one. I won't lie. I remember one time that I was at the children's museum or something in Indianapolis and Boomer was there at the event and I freaked out when I was a kid my mom had like to take me somewhere because I I was freaking out for like hours because uh Boomer just scared me and I think mascots are kind of creepy if you think about it in general but uh we love Boomer we don't want to get on that path but Jack I gotta ask you uh you know obviously we've been we've been knowing you a little bit behind the scenes because of your great work you do for your comics and um as a lot of people know we've been posting some of those on our setting the pace page and uh Clearly right now this season, you haven't had much to work with with how many losses we've had. But just talk a little bit about your background and graphic design, I guess you could say, in making these comics and what mm-hmm. got you that start and what inspired you? Yeah, so um, I guess I've always just been into like art stuff. I doodle a lot, never really paid attention in class, but I got my doodling in. So it just kind of feels natural. I watch mm-hmm. a lot of Pacer games, so I just... Uh, Made one of those comics. I think the first one was a uh, the Houston game back in like January last year when they uh, Miles and like Domas both got like a block at the end. Um, but since then, I think the comics might be a little cursed because we're <laughs> like I did the math for like 43 and 61 since I started them. 
So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I got to the comics for us to be like either really good to do it or just never. But I don't know. We'll have hey, to see. I think you do some great work. So I think it's the team that needs to step up their work, you know, <laughs> on the court. So we're not going to put the blame on you. But you know, what was your expectations going into this season when you look at this team? I mean, we knew TJ Warren was going to miss some time, but I don't think anybody thought things were going to be this bad. Uh, no, I kind of had like blind faith, just like, oh, we're going to be great. I don't care what everyone's saying. But then like writing was on the wall pretty clear that like they're just a stagnant team. Um, so like expectations definitely uh, hampered as it went on. And there are a lot of exciting teams in the East. So I didn't really have a lot of high hopes, but they're not the highest as of right now. Yeah, no, I get that. And I, I think that uh, we could do the curse of the comics. That should be your next piece you work on, my man. Uh, <laughs> a piece about yourself. I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, but oh, yeah. uh, I, I would be all for that. I think you should do it. But um, yeah, it's just been a weird year. I don't really understand <laughs> what this year is because we're like, what, a 1-11 and in, in games decided by four points or less. So it's getting very frustrating as a fan, but now it's almost just like you laugh every time you see it happen. You're just like, oh, another another loss by the Pacers in the clutch. Oh, they're up by 12 in the fourth quarter. That won't last long. It's just like it's become comical. But do you agree with the uh, the stance that I have that it's, you know, not the worst thing to, to be losing games right now and, you know, trying to get a top five pick? No, I think it's um, I think it's kind of funny because it's like when we try and win, we're great at losing. And then when we like want to tank, we just start to like win and rattle off a three game win streak. So like, yeah. I think we're kind of in a good groove where people are getting their stats. We're getting competitive minutes, but we just keep falling short. So eventually it could pay off with a good draft pick, which is something I think uh, we should all hope for. Yeah. I think it's like the rare thing that we're almost all in agreement on is the, the high draft pick. Like we want that, that top five, top 10, you know, every now and then there's, there's a few fans that are just refusing to say like, no, we could patch this up. But I think we all want that great draft pick, but you know, as we move forward over here, you know, we still want change. Now the trade deadline, we're still about a, a good month away. Who do you see is most likely on this team to not be there? you know, when the season ends or, or, or traded at the deadline? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like we're going to take a page out of the Magic's playbook, what they did last year, where they just kind of waited and then everyone was gone. And then they just brought in a bunch of draft picks um, where I could see it, literally anyone. Um, I feel like Karras is probably one of the more tradable people. I, I just so. don't know who wants him. Um, we'll be I would <laughs> – I would definitely imagine he'd be a complimentary piece on a championship team. Yeah. Um, and I feel like someone's going to have to come and take one of our centers. Um, like the Lakers are going to have to make a move or the Warriors uh, competing with the Bucks right now just looks pretty tough for anyone. Yeah. Alex yeah. actually made a great reference um, last year that basically we, we were trending in that magic direction of being like that consistent playoff team that wasn't getting out of the first round. And when the magic hit the reset button, I mean, just like you mentioned, they really pushed it all the way, and I think they made a great move because you, you brought in two first-round picks for Vucevic. Then you brought in Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, it, it was like then you were, you were shipping off Aaron Gordon for some picks, and, and I think it'll take some time, but they're going in the right direction eventually. Yeah, so, I watched them play the Bulls last night, and they put up a pretty good fight. They're a pretty mm -hmm. fun team to watch, and once they, they get all healthy, they could be like a serious contender. 
in a couple of years. Yeah, I think the I think the thing you hit on there the most is they're a fun team to watch. And right <laughs> now, this Pacers team isn't like no offense. It's just like even if they were like losing as many games as the Orlando Magic, at least they're at least they're fun to a certain degree because mm-hmm. you're watching a young group grow together. Where this Pacers team, it feels like I've said over the last couple of weeks, stale cereal, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, just kind of boring. You're just like, I'm excited more right now to watch some of these guys come in off the G League and get some of these 10-day contracts. Just see what, hey, maybe this guy can bring to the table, uh, give them a good opportunity to get into the NBA. But with all that being said, I think that the Orlando Magic comparison is a really good one. And, and I don't know if there's anybody you have in mind that you'd like the Pacers to take in the draft. But if you don't want to go that route, give me at least a hot take that you have in, in, in regards to this Pacers team or maybe something you would like to do. Um, so two things, I guess I would say I would really hope that if we can get like a young guy that's been drafted, I would love us to see to get like Obi Topham because it feels like he's not being utilized like at all in New York. Yeah. Um, but he's starting to get like some of those like moments. I think that would be a really fun person to watch. A lot of Dayton support around here. But um, I think the hottest take is if we ended up somehow with the one pick, I hope to God we don't take um, Chet Holbrook. (laughs) (laughs) He is the last one out of the top four that I would really prefer on this roster. But after watching Miles versus Joel Embiid for the past whatever, I don't think I can take another center (laughs) just being demoralized. Week in, week out, like no. that would just be brutal. No, Even if he a, is a freak of nature, but I exactly. don't know. Like Chet could be very good, but I just don't know if he's ever going to put on the size needed to really compete with the elite bigs over there. And there, there's just some some more promising guys, I, I think, in the draft, maybe more safer picks. But uh, for my last question, I would just say, look, a lot of the blame has gone on the players. Um, but the coaching staff, now we're getting there. We're almost halfway on the season. Is there something on the coaching staff that you're like, man, this is just not what I expected this year? Because they brought in better coaches, but mm-hmm. 100%. Rick Carlisle, I mean, by far much better than Nate Bjorkman. Um, but And same with assistants, but it just hasn't translated this year. Anything that you see there on the coaching staff? Uh, I feel like it's a little bit of like a give and take. Like the coaching staff can't really coach very well because this team doesn't have like an identity they can coach into. Sure. Um, but I don't think they've really taken an initiative or anything to like really get a scheme going or like mix things up. Like uh, Carlisle pulled all the starters that one game um, and the bench guys really pulled it together. And then it feels mm-hmm. like he doesn't really kind of like rely on that, but he it worked that time. So maybe like he could do more kind of symbolic stuff because like what's the worst thing that's going to happen when we lose the game? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Problem. Yeah, and no, I agree with you there. And it's it's been interesting because we've talked about it on this podcast just like, during this type of season, you still can't find minutes for Gogo Batadze to at it's least crazy. get a chance to prove what he can be. Like, number one, you got to see what you can get in him. And if you're not even playing them, like, what do you even think you have at this point? Right. He's in year three. You already picked up year four. Uh, if you're not if you're not giving him the opportunity uh, to see what he ha- is, at least give him the opportunity to maybe increase his trade value to some certain yeah. degree. Right. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, I mean. I've not been overly impressed with Rick Carlisle this stint so far. I think that it's been a little bit underwhelming, and that's kind of been one of the biggest things I've seen. And if he's throwing games right now to get us a better draft pick, then, hey, I'll take everything back I said negative about Rick Carlisle at this point. Um, But I guess for me, my last question for you is, who is your favorite Pacer player currently on the roster? And then who is your favorite former uh, favorite Pacer? Well, thankfully for this 10-day, I can – 
uh, say Lance Stevenson. Um, <laughs> Lance Jersey uh, right no, now. born ready. Yep. The original I, uh, one. I Make him dance. I have uh, there's a YouTube video of his like highlights, um, and he does some pass to like TJ Leaf, and I have a sign <laughs> in the next nice. cut that says like Lance greater than MJ. Uh, but great. then all time, I think I'd probably go with like obviously Reggie Miller and Danny Granger and Paul George. But yeah. like, got out to Jeff Foster. He's the goat. Um, <laughs> just that that bench minutes. We could really use someone like him right now. Man was as loyal as they come. I mean, <laughs> truly, like we could use a feisty Foster on this roster. Though. Oh, for sure, definitely. definitely. <laughs> That's so, someone we don't talk about enough, Fudge. I, I know we're we're just gonna have to get him on the show because he needs his flowers. Honestly, like no <laughs> no one hears from Jeff Foster. I don't know where he's been. No social media. That man's picture has not popped up anywhere. In He's about doing a, it right. Know, yeah, exactly. He's falling off the face of the earth. We're going to have to get him back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jack, before I let you go, I got to ask you real quick. Do, how do you pronounce my man Mike's last name here? Is it is it F-A-C-C-I or F-A-U-C-I, like, uh, like a guy that's uh, been talking about COVID a lot? <laughs> As a uh, my uh, mom's maiden name has that double C feature, so I get you on that Fachi. Hey, yeah, there it is, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. We've Italian been... Fachi. <laughs> no, no, you, not Fachi. You know, Fachi. So that that's how it goes. But yeah, COVID's COVID's got everybody a little confused right now, slipping <laughs> in some fa- Fauci from time to time. Yeah, but, I'm gonna yeah. start calling him Doctor Fauci just to mess with them. Uh, okay. No thanks. <laughs> All right, Jack, where can people find you at on social media and get all of your uh, great content with your comics oh, yeah. and stuff? Um, I just recently started an art page. If you nice. want to go visit that, it's Art by Jack. Um, no spaces, J-H-A-Q, like Shaq, but with a J. Okay. Um, so, yeah, check me out on Instagram there. Okay, and on Twitter, do you have a Twitter account that you want to highlight? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, underscore J-H-A-Q. Okay, there you guys go. And Jack, we want to thank you so much for coming on and being the setting the pace fan of the week. And we will uh, hope to get you on maybe next year and uh, just kind of see how drastic the team has changed. (laughs) Keep up the comics. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. See you later. See See you, Jack. All right, everybody. We had some great trade ideas from our fans and we had fan of the week Jack on. But now we're here to go to a two minute segment with Dr. Fauci on how to prevent COVID. Dr. Fauci, take it away. Never that, never that. And no one comes here for anything political. Nothing but the Pacer news coming at you. I just wish we had some better news for you. Yeah, well, the better news for me is where people can find us at on social media. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. You can find me on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace, and you can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And if you're listening at this point in the podcast, I really would encourage you all to go give us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It does wonders for us, and we're really close to reaching that goal that we promised you guys we would get out some awesome packages to. So if you haven't done that already, I know it's been a busy time of the year. Make sure you go over and do that for us and help us out. But Fachi. If you're excited to hopefully get some of these guys back with the COVID list soon in the next couple of days and uh, get a chance to uh, figure out what this team's going to look like before we get into trade season, say these three words. Let's go Pacers!
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.